This is a HeadGum Original. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, y'all, here comes the bonus app. I know you were so excited for it. If you just want to kiki with these girls, uh, Jackie Cox and Rachel Bloom, sit tight and get excited for this one and only deep dive into the, the tea of season 12. Brought to you by what? Drag her, the one and only RuPaul's Drag Race recap podcast. Keep listening. It's so good to see you, Jackie. Hi, Rachel. I'm so glad to have you, Jackie. Thank you for the New Year's greeting that you sent me. It was so nice. Me? What did I send didn't you? you? Didn't you? Didn't you just? Oh, I, I, well, I did a couple just, things. One, I tagged you because I carry my um, I'm a good, such a good, real good person. Well, that was amazing. Card. We do that. And then maybe I did say Happy New Year, but I don't. Or what I did was just tell you that Instagram is crazy because that's what we just talked about. Um, I think you, I think you might have said Happy New Year too. It was very kind. Either way, you here's were the very tea. Kind. I was drunk, so great. Maybe, <laughs> Perfect. Even better. Maybe like who memories of New Year's? Like I, the next day, I look at my texts and I'm like, who did I text? Like just <laughs> had a lot of feelings. You know, I was feeling. <laughs> so you actually had like kind of a New Year's. So that was the only gig I really did in December, but I did a New Year's gig with Jan. Oh, cool. Um, who you didn't get to meet Jan on Drag Race, but of course Jan is incredible um, and from my season. And we, we hosted New Year's together in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Which you wouldn't realize is actually a really fun, very gay place. I didn't know this at all. Oh, yeah. Very gay. Very fun. Um, everyone is so nice. Everyone is just so nice. It's so lovely to be somewhere where everyone is so nice. Um, I love those pockets of um, like progressive cities in the Midwest. Yeah. Yes. And it's so surprising. I did a comedy festival years ago in Bloomington, Indiana, and half of my sets were in a, a gay bar. And I was oh, like, oh, Indiana's really progressive. And everyone around me laughed. They were like, no, 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 no. It's just Bloomington, my You're just friend. on the island. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I yeah, I, I have no idea actually what the rest of Columbus is like. There's literally this one gay bar that's next to this one gay restaurant that's next to this one kind of gay hotel. And I was literally on those two blocks for like the two <laughs> nights I was there. So beyond that, don't know. But from what I've seen of Columbus, very gay, very lovely. Perfect. I love, I, now I need to just imagine that just around the corner there was, you know, someone being a uh, conversioned, conversion camp, <laughs> but you were like, I, this, this is a utopia. Well, Rachel, you know this from touring, like, it's amazing meeting people from all over the country and realizing, like, how similar people are, or how there's great people everywhere. I'm sure there's horrible people everywhere, too, but there's great yeah. people in every state, which is very cool to learn. Yes, I, you, you, yeah, you find the kind of smart 
the smart people exist in every pocket, and it's just the difference of how many other smart people are they surrounded by, or have they found other people like that online? Yeah. That, that makes a big difference now, right? Because now people can find like-minded people. People can honestly find anything on the internet, good or bad. I guess they can find like-minded people. I'm surprised there's too. cute people everywhere. Like, honestly, like every time I go to any city, I'm like, there's attractive people. Like, I, I don't know why you know, that, that gags is me. actually a direct byproduct of the internet because these kids today have access to yeah. literally every tutorial. Right. It's like these, like, like teenagers have significantly better hair than I think I have ever had. Uh, I'm like, who, that's how like, do you, I just looked horrible. Because as a until, teenager, you're supposed to have the ugly, floofy hair. You're supposed to have like yeah, the ugly the, teenage boy hair where you're, you're like, you're stupid and you think that looks good. Yeah, they all know. They all, they all, even like the straight guys. Now there's like hair tutorials on Hell. TikTok for straight guys. Fuck my life. <laughs> okay, should I start this? You, maybe it's your guys, podcast. You do. Guys, <laughs> I mean, I want this in. Maybe we'll put it in. I don't know. But hey. I am so excited to be here and be re- reunited with Rachel after our uh Season 12 Choices Debate. You guys wow. were in a really key what? episode of Drag Race. <laughs> what a day talk, that talk, was. Talk about it. Talk about it. Speak <laughs> on it. So I, I'll give you this from my POV to start because I mm. think there's been a lot of discussion on the internet about this episode, um, yeah. about like what was even happening. Um, and I think the answer is no one knows, including everyone who was there that day. So. Sure. What we, the queens, were told prior to the quote-unquote debate mm-hmm. was we'd be asked, like, a very specific set of questions, and we had to, like, maintain a platform and character throughout mm-hmm. and sell our platform of why we should be the next drag president. This is what we were told was going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, literally cut for time, there's scenes of us, like, like we had all the questions in advance. So we were practicing them and like coming up with different kinds of answers and different kinds of things. And um, Rachel, what happened next? <laughs> well, Jackie, um, thank you for cutting to me. Um, that's really interesting to know that you had the questions in advance. I was always wondering if you did. Well, what happened next was that, so I came into the show. So, so from my point of view, I had been psyched to do this for months. Um, uh, that day I was two and a half months pregnant. I was in the thick of my, I can't tell people I'm pregnant, but I feel like shit. Like I'm not, I'm constantly nauseous. I would have had no idea. You seemed like a, like a, a ray of sunshine and B, you actually had to keep it together because of what happened. It was the adre- the adrenaline really kept me going through. Um, how do, how do we say this? Like, <laughs> I'm going to say it as the, you know what? I'm going to say as the, I'm going to say it as factually as I can to just be factual. Um, there's a man named Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yes. And I, I was told he was a drag race, like super fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he'd ever seen drag race. What proceeded to happen was Jeff Goldblum basically turned the day into his own one man monologue. <laughs> and just, wanted to pontificate about anything that came into his mind. Interesting. Um, and so as a result, which is like, you know, that's his shtick. Like, I don't think this is like that. This is his Jeff Goldblum. He's just, he's just going to come and be Jeff. 
Mm. But it's it's rough uh, when you're pregnant and nauseous and you wrap two hours later than they said. And then I'm Mm -hmm. sure it was also hard to be, you're doing your job. You're up there like with your set of questions, basically every question, Jeff, um, uh, kind of just went on a tangent. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and what was hard for us too, in addition to just kind of rambling on about things that a, we hadn't prepared for or B didn't really have anything to do with, uh, either drag or, politics um was he would ask he would start asking us to sing different songs that he just wanted to hear us sing why um and this was obviously cut because we would try to sing them but like we knew that vh1 was going to pay pay for the rights to like i think he wanted us to sing um I think he was asking us to sing Ethel Merman or something at some point. <laughs> he was um, basically looking at every queen and he was doing the thing. Again, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anyone because no. Jeff Goldblum, I think, has a whole show right now where he's just like Jeff Goldblumy. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the universe according to him? Is that what it's called? Or I something? think so. And so he would look at each queen and be like, <clears throat> you know who you remind me of? You remind me of, um, oh, you remind me of Ronnie, Ronnie Spector. Yeah, very that. Can you sing? Can you sing Ronnie Spector? And then I'd be like, Jeff, they're never going to air this. Because, and he's like, why? 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 And I'm like, because in order to play a snippet of music, you have to get music rights. Like, I know this from, yeah. from coming off, from creating a TV show. I was like, mm-hmm. even to hear a snippet of music, you have to pay music rights. And there's no way they're going to pay for that. Like, they're, Jeff, we're never, we're never going to show them singing mm-hmm. a Ronette song. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. never going to happen. And so I had to like, it was like kind of a bit. But also kind of not. And then at one point, uh, did they put... No, they didn't put this in the episode. He was being Jeff Goldblum, and I went, Jeff's vision is based on movement. <laughs> and Jeff Goldblum was like, what is that? What, is he, what do you mean? What? What? <laughs> the movie and, you're in! <laughs> and, and Jada went, she's talking about a T-Rex, sweetheart. <laughs> here's the thing is Jada like quickly I think realized that she was just going to drop whatever preparation she had and this this is why she won the episode is because she was just like this is a mess and I'm going to go with it whereas you know me I was like I was really committed to this character that I I wrote jokes I was like I wrote jokes it's not even jokes I mean at this point I wasn't even trying to be funny I was like I gotta stay with this character like I Uh made up the rules of who I was and I was like the improv actress who was like not really I I was still yes ending with everything but Mm -hmm. I was like I gotta I gotta stick with this because you, cause no, I, you had like, a fucking game to stick. You had, I saw that you had like a game to stick to and it's like, if, oh yeah, yeah. It was that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is fun yeah. and challenging. And, um, I'll speak from my point of view because I loved watching that episode. I loved watching you come out in a hijab, a wonderful representation for the Middle Eastern community. And then, uh, you know, as a viewer, some of us were surprised when Jeff, Jeff had an interesting way of trying to support your point of view when he was like, why are you wearing a hijab if most, the Muslim community can be homophobic? And I think you did a very elegant job of expressing yourself. <laughs> yeah, and you, look, and I've talked about this in a few interviews, so this is mm-hmm. definitely on the table to talk about because I, I think I think everyone like really wants like my opinion on like mm-hmm. what it is. And honestly, my opinion is that Jeff is a product of, you know, mm-hmm. 50 years of Western media narratives around Middle Eastern people. And, yes. and that's, it's not, honestly, it wasn't surprising to me to hear that from him because right. I think it's what the Western media narrative has said about, you know, 
people from the Middle East and specifically like the Muslim religion. But like, mm-hmm. I, I think it was a teachable moment too, because I think, you know, you realize like, oh, this kind of negative homophobic element that Jeff may perceive in Islam is, uh, definitely exists in literally every religion, at least all of the major religions that are yeah. here in the United States. And there's nothing unique <laughs> about it. Um, and I think, uh, I think hopefully he kind of like opened his eyes that like there are queer people from the Middle East, queer people of who are practicing uh, Muslim folks. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that what I was trying to represent was really about the importance of religious freedom in America, which is something this country is founded on, and the idea that we really can't, you know, discriminate against women who happen to be expressing their faith, just like I wouldn't discriminate against Rachel for wearing a Star of David, just like I wouldn't discriminate mm-hmm. against someone for wearing a cross. That's not a reason to make assumptions about people, make assumptions mm-hmm. that they are either homophobic or, you know, those, these are all assumptions that people make. Um, so hopefully he learned something. But, you know, I think I think by the end of that lip sync, he seemed to be moved. And I, you know, I have, I have yet to follow up with him. But Rachel, maybe he you was know. Incre- yeah, he was incredibly moved. So I... So a couple things. So first of all, for those of you who can't see, I'm wearing a huge Star of David necklace. Like, I literally just... <laughs> like, um, uh, flavor flavor. Flav. <laughs> like, tri- yeah. <laughs> Same time. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> David, oh God, I, Dave. I really want to get... I really want to get that now, but it is also... <laughs> but it is also a clock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting. I did... I I didn't notice that Jeff was crying during the lip syncs. It was mm-hmm. only until so I did what's the tea? Uh no 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 not when what's they the did, tea. Yes, yeah. I did what's the tea. When I did what's so I did what's the tea, I wanna say the day after or two days after I filmed Drag uh-huh. Race. Um and I got to go to Rue's house, which was uh, really cool. Um Whoa. And Amazing. it was really cool. <laughs> And I was talking about Jeff and, and Rue was like, he was crying. Jeff Golden was crying. And I was like, what? And I, and it wasn't until I, I saw the footage that he was crying. So from my point of view, first of all, I was surprised they aired that question because I could see that when, when he said that, I was like, oh, oh, uh-huh. the, oh, this is the internet is is going to have somehow the internet is already hearing this. I was like the internet Twitter's already blowing up from this. And I was like, there's no way they're not, there's no way they're going to, they're not going to air this question. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were either, to be honest. No, I I didn't think they were either. I I didn't think they were. And then, so, but then my sec, so my second impulse after he said it, I was like, Oh God, I got to do Jew damage control because (laughs) what's going to happen inevitably is he says this thing and then people, be like you fucking Jews this is what you fucking Jews think about all of us so I was like okay oh god okay okay oh how do I okay so it was kind of a, a right. good Jew bad Jew kind of moment it was I had to play so so I was very so as I think they aired like some of this but I don't know if you remember Jackie I was like well um Jeff I I'm I'm sure that as Jews you and I uh, are aware of you know, uh, we come to this country uh, from all different walks of life, mm-hmm. and the what we practice is not necessarily indicative of of whatever home country might also practice that religion, whatever the politics or the policies. So I right. think we can all agree. Like I took just a very like rabbinical diplomatic because I was like, I am going to be called a lot of bad things on Twitter mm. if I don't try to. Um, 
I felt like I had to cover f- for all of the Jewish people mm. uh, to kind of gloss over that. Um, it's too much pressure on yourself. Well, look, it's and I'm look you you guys feel this on the inner internet too. But but if if you know, it's 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 the same thing with any I guess minority people. If one Jewish that. person, if one Jewish person fucks up, or if if well, and you were in the room yeah, with them, right? So it's like, and, you, it's like, like exactly. yeah. and I was in, and I was in the room. So like I had, so I was like had to provide a a, a a counterpoint. And then the whole time I was like, this won't air. I was like, I don't even know why I'm I'm being so reasoned almost for like internal. Well, I don't know if, of the queen. I don't know if you knew this, but like I was so emotional afterwards because right after that we went back to do Untucked, and before we actually were able to set up Untucked, I like had like a meltdown backstage. Like, oh my like this, God, no. this did didn't, they air, air, they didn't air that, huh? No, I mean, the, I think, because people didn't know what to do and I honestly didn't even, I couldn't even express what I was feeling. I mean, right. but I was just it so was like, emotional because I like felt- a, a Emotional I fender felt, bender where you're like, what Yeah, do it I was do? just, I mean, it was a lot of things happening. One, it's like, you know, there's of course like the, the show, which is that you're in the bottom too, or you think you're in the bottom based on the critique. Mm-hmm. So you're emotional about that. But then like, I felt like the weight of like every Middle Eastern person like on my back and being like, did I let them down? I, you know, because you you say whatever you say on the runway, but you don't remember it. Of course, because so like, it just it came out of my brain and into my mouth, and so I didn't know what I'd said if I'd like said the right thing or if I'd said the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like really crying backstage, and like the we had a couple. Um, Muslim women on our like talent handling team mm-hmm. um, who I'll never forget they came and like held me because I was just oh. so like I'm even emotional thinking about it but I was like so just overcome with feelings and they just held me and they said like you know like y- you said the right things like you know like and they kind of really talked me down because I, I really thought like what did I just do like I didn't you know because one of the things that really was tough for me is that I've always seen drag as something that's more than just um frivolous entertainment like I've always Mm -hmm. seen the power of drag of being like drag can be literally anything you want you know drag is a powerful tool that we can use to express all sorts of things including Mm -hmm. really complex issues and probably in addition to the you know what Jeff was saying about the Muslim community what also bothered me is that he had said you know like he didn't understand why I would do something so serious in drag you know he kind of said I forget exactly what his exact words were but I remember being like did I make a mistake like I thought this was what like this is what I believe in and like part of why I decided to go on national television to share my drag is because I wanted to talk about those kinds of things um so it was a really emotional moment for me too um but you know like I like you know uh, we I think we use what we have and so I I like let that emotion fuel me in that last lip sync because I was like I this is like I was like flying because I, I had to like yeah. get all those feelings out there through that performance. Um, that was an it emotional, was very difficult day. And yeah. to Rachel's point, what you guys don't realize is that runway day is so long. Yeah. It's so long because we have to we we it, everything because they they reset the cameras to film the judges' critiques. They reset the cameras to film us in untuck. They reset. There's like so much things. At like nine p.m., ten p.m. Yeah, we we don't lip sync till nine p.m. And then afterwards, you have to wait. You guys get to leave the judges, but then we have to wait for the girl who's eliminated to write her lipstick message oh, and course. exit the workroom. And while that's all happening, epilogue. we have to sit in complete silence because uh. they don't want us to talk about anything until we go back into the workroom and see the lipstick message. So there's like by the end of that day, I was. I was, I don't even know how I felt, but the following week I was like, okay, 
I've, I've done my time. I, I think I've said everything I wanted to say on TV. So that's why in the following week when it was the makeover challenge, I was like ready to go home. I was like, this has been my time. Thank you so much, Drag Race. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why I was gagged, you know, the following week. Then I was like, what am I still doing here? This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with earning. Come on, y'all. We've all been there. We want to spend a little bit of extra dough on a big night out or a last minute gift for like your boo. Sometimes money just can be, uh, dare I say, complicated. Well, worry not because earning helps you get your money today as opposed to later. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know, wake up because earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. You can get up to $100 per day or 750 bucks per pay period. Earning is used by over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability. So why don't you go ahead and download earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Drag Her Under Podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. That's Drag Her Under Podcast. Get some extra dough. Have a little fun. And don't wait for your employer to give you your money, honey. Earnin is subject to your available earnings location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. But it's a very emotional thing to do. And uh, Rachel, I think you 
they're, they're, they didn't air everything you said, but I do remember your words kind of like helping me through that moment. And something you said oh, too good. also made me like really proud as you said, like when you saw me and Jada and Gigi, I think was there too, standing there, like the three of us. And I was, you know, wearing a hijab and Jada looked like an amazing black power superhero and Gigi, you know, in colonial garb, which, you know, it's part of America. You know, that's people are always like, what was she wearing? And I was like, I, I mean, the America is a very colonized place. It's a huge yes. part mm-hmm. of our history that every kid is taught, you know, the first hundred years of this country's history are very much dominated by just that story. Um, and we're told that they're brave superstars. <laughs> sure, right? I mean, it's, it's a part of our, I mean, there's, you know, George Washington is carved into a mountain that was stolen from Native Americans. Like, these are all things that have happened in our country. And we talked uh, about that episode. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to say, when me and Rachel did talked about that episode, we were like, isn't it a fucked up that the bottom two are the 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 POC queens who are saying something about this fractured country? Yeah, yeah, we did. I remembered, I remember talking about that, and I think I, I'm now remembering, Jack. I think in the moment I was like, "Look at this. This is what I, I think." What I, what I said was something like, "This is this is the beauty of America. That America mm-hmm. is. I mean, the beauty slash complexity of America. That America is all of these is all of these different things." And I um I felt very. I mean, look, I think it was hard. That I'm, I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be diplomatic. Even though I'm not on Twitter anymore, I still I still fear causing Twitter fearers. Um, uh, but that also um, uh, relates to my ADHD uh, and something that happens with ADHD called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. But that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but but you know I the what it seemed like Jeff coming in was like a straight white guy. Our Jews white. We'll talk about it later. But you know, a straight guy mm-hmm. yeah. who'd never seen the show, right? Um, and who was just kind of then like pontificating. Um, and I, I felt it as a host, and I imagine that must have been even of t- ten million times harder as a queen and a contestant on the show. And I felt also that whole day, in addition to being, in addition to, uh, you know. Kind of, and because also you, don't, they rarely have like two guest judges on, on that show who don't know each other. I can actually mm. kind of count on one hand the number of times. Well, that especially that's if you guys had thing. to like work in such close proximity. It's not like you just yeah, showed we up on acting. the panel. You had yeah, to like, do like a scene together and like all of this stuff. To- you're totally right. We were assigned questions. We had earpieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was very intense because we'd never met before. Um, so it was generally intense. And then you know, I'm two and a half months pregnant. I'm pumped up with hormones. The thing that I was thinking, and I think I said this at one point in the show without saying I was pregnant, I was looking at everyone being like, and I think I didn't know if I was having a boy or girl yet. So I was like, these were my kids. I'd be so proud. (laughs) So that's what I was feeling all day. And I think at one point I I managed to be like, I just want to say that I'm thinking of starting a family and... I would be so proud if you were my children. Like, that's kind of what I, I felt very weirdly maternal all day. Yeah, no, yeah. I, mean, I felt that vibe, too. And that's the thing is, like, I mean, I like I understood, like, why I was in the bottom. Because I think, like, I, I at some point did kind of, like, had to be a little rigid because I just didn't know, like, what to do. You know, and, like, I've, I've never been in a scene, you know, like... Normally in a scene, right, when you're working with someone, they're, like, giving you back what you think you're putting out. And, like, Rachel and I were kind of doing that a little bit in some of the stuff that we were doing in the debate. But then Jeff was like, I just didn't know how to do a scene with Jeff. 
it's not real improv. <laughs> it's TV improv. No, he was just he was just being a he was he was being a wild card again. Like he was yes. being himself as yeah, as totally. a wild card, and I think it just was it was um, the, a wild card in a situation where like it was actually I think on any other day if it had just been runway critiques it would have been runway but like he was a a very important part of like actually <laughs> feeding questions on this yeah. challenge and I think it was because also Michelle wasn't there yeah so I keep wondering on, what that day would have been like if Michelle would have been there like it's something that well, plays back in there, my mind there wouldn't have been two there wouldn't have been two hosts I think that right. part of the reason there were two of us is because Michelle was not. Michelle wasn't there and they needed someone to feed questions during the debate um but and like I wonder yeah. how the runway would have gone down. Like there's so many things. Like I'm just like because I, I talked to Michelle about it when we did um, uh, what you packing, and she was like, "Oh, I heard all about that day." And I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> like she was like, "Oh," um, she's like, she was like, "I," she's like, "If I would have been there, you know," because I mean, she would have probably been not as polite as you, Rachel. And I'm assuming knowing Michelle and I, part, something that Michelle and I did talk about too off camera. She's like, she has a lot of you know, she lives in LA and she has a lot of Persian friends, and so like she was like very much like. No, 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 no. You know, like when she'd heard about, like, right. I think she would have, she would have shut him down probably not as diplomatically as you did. Well, look, I don't know. The, I don't know the guy. And it's also, it's right. not my, sh- it's not my show. Like I'm sure. a guest there. I'm a guest there too. I want to be, I want to, you know, come back. I'm a huge fan of the show. So it was like, um, uh, but there was the, I would say like, it probably was akin to the Joel McHale episode. Oh my God! Right, like that, that's how yeah. I, that's that's actually kind of how I I think that's the best yeah. comparison to to how I felt, which is I felt uh, I felt like Michelle felt during the Joel McHale episode. I just yes. uh, was trying to um, be be diplomatic and be a good guest. And, yes. I, and like I said, I think at the end of the day, the, the tears on Jeff Goldblum's eyes, I think were real. I think they were genuine. And I think I think he learned something that day. Like, I think he did yeah. learn the power of drag. He did learn that we can express complex issues through this art form. That's my they belief. They really gave him an I, arc in that episode. I mean, like, I haven't talked to him really since, did. but my belief <laughs> is that that is like was his outcome of that episode is, you know, it was like an adventure for Jeff Goldblum. Like, what is drag? Yeah. <laughs> and I think he learned. I think by the end, he I, learned. Yes. I also think it's giving, I mean, yes, it was a journey for him. He's also just like a kook. Yeah. I, I, and I think it's, he's a known kook. Like, I just, there's a part of him that's just kind of in the clouds yeah. in his own world, which is why he was talking a lot during the debate challenge. He was just there having a ball. Mm-hmm. Didn't really know the show and was like, okay, I'm just going to come on here and be Jeff Goldblumy, which at that every other you know award show he does a bit at every other talk show that is his job to right. come on and be yeah. Jeff Goldblumy. It just happened to be a day where like the judges had an inordinate amount of like actual tasks. <laughs> Totally. Oh, thank you for joining us for this like really fantastic episode. I I am loving this conversation about season 12 and I don't want you to stop talking about season 12, Miss Jack A. Um, You know what? We we can always put things in context of our own experiences. Yes. Um, But let's talk about it. Let's talk about this new this new season. The new crop of gals. Jackie, when you watch this show now, uh, are you... How does it feel to watch yeah. the show having been on it now? The first time I watched, like, right. So the first thing that aired right after we filmed was UK season one, which mm-hmm. was like, it was very um, difficult to watch. Because I was like, <sighs> like, you, you kind of like relive all those tense moments. And it was before my season had aired. So I didn't know, like, I still didn't know what my season was going to be. Like, you don't know after you film, like, 
mm-hmm. what, what did I say? Like, I don't remember anything. Like, what, what are, are they going to saying in their on? interviews? <laughs> right. I don't, you have no idea kind of what the season's going to be. So I remember being very t- stressed. And now since, in the past two years, there've been 20 seasons of Drag Race. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that first feeling you were the Rona away. season. And now it's like, there's eight Rona seasons. There's, well, I mean, at first I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many other seasons of Drag Race, but like I feel like lucky that season 12 kind of aired by itself with no mm. other seasons of Drag Race on top of it. Totally. They hadn't like, you know, done 20 other things yet. So mm-hmm. like now there's just so much. Um, Weren't they airing like celebrity Drag Race after your apps? They started doing that after, I think after like All some, Stars. Oh, after All Stars. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to remember, but Jesus. it was like, there, there was a lot happening a and lot. I just remember... So something else behind the scenes is we were hoping to do a real finale, like the girls, meaning the yeah. season 12 girls. We like really wanted to do one. Yeah. And so we kept like asking production, like if they could like delay the finale to find a time when we could get COVID tested or whatever. And it was uh-huh. just such a, there's just so many unanswered questions and we didn't know what to do, which is why we went with the format we did, which I think ended up being a really cute finale and a reunion. It was um, so fun. But yeah, that was something I we all it. wanted, uh, but it didn't happen. But uh, so that so that we were like, can you just you know air celebrity and then we I, we we had these all these ideas you know us girls we get ideas and your um, season is gets gossiped about as being famously re-edited for a lot of reasons. Um, well, for one for one very specific reason, yes, uh, there there is literally only one reason. There's and only one reason. <laughs> I'm being diplomatic. There's it, just one reason. Is there um, anything you remember happening and you're like, I can't believe this didn't make it in the edit or got changed in the edit. Um, something that, um, well, I'll say this is the person that I knew on set, um, is not the person they ended up to be in real life. Mm -hmm. And there are a few things that happened that if I had known then what I know now would have been like little red flags and I won't Mm. disclose what those things are, but I will say, you know, I wish I knew them what I knew now, but leaving the season, I felt so good about the whole cast. I felt like we, yeah, we felt like a family and we, you know, I think our season is kind of famous for being a cuddlier season. Like we didn't have a lot of petty drama. There wasn't mm-hmm. like people saying like, you smell, I hate your hair. Like yeah. there, we didn't have that in our season, which, <laughs> which would have been vicious if someone said, I mean, you, vicious. you smell, you smell is like, <laughs> That so was literally mean. that happened. That happened. In, that happened, happened in previous a, seasons. Oh yeah, like, eleven. Like, I'm like, gagging. Like, yeah, I guess no, you're right. I'm not like, gagging. It's, it's definitely Maybe part of you know, and also like in previous seasons, like girls would really come for each other in like personal ways, yeah. and we never did that. And I don't think, though we had some disagreements, it was never. It never. I think went below the belt, which I'm proud of. And so, I feel like your season had staggering talent, where there was like a couple weeks where it was yeah. like nobody did bad, but someone's going home. <laughs> No, I mean, and again, just to quickly, the only thing I'll say about the choices debate is considering what we all were up against, no one completely bombed that challenge, in my opinion. Uh, Granted, it's not Jackie's Drag Race, but like considering what was happening, I was like, we all kind of did it. Yeah. Um, Yes. And and so that's what I always think about season 12. uh, And regardless of how they edited it, I think that came through. But I think there were definitely moments where including the person who was edited out was really part of that feeling and that sense of family. And Mm -hmm. uh you know, whether or not those feelings were genuine, I don't know, and I'll never know, and that's okay. That yeah. must have been really, that, and I'm sure you talked to this, but that, that must have been, it's almost like you you were all really sweet to each other, as if you knew uh, there was going to be a huge 
um, problem with one of the contestants and that you'd suddenly be entering a pandemic. It's yeah. almost like it, it's if you, in retrospect, knew, and that must have been really hard because I, I believe the season premiered right around the, oh no, it was like right there before the It was like two weeks before lockdown. But all yeah. of that, and then and then also also the finding out about the, the, the re-edit and everything, it just must have been really hard for all of you, I imagine. We just, we're just in such a place of uncertainty and I say this as the oldest contestant on my season, which isn't, I mean, I was 34 when we filmed, mm-hmm. um, you know, but like Gigi was 21 and like, this is like, this is like the first time, certainly any of us had this kind of national exposure, but also like we've never been able to, you know, kind of think of our careers in this way. And so it was really scary because drag is a live entertainment uh, venue. You know, it, it's something that like you have to not have to, but I think we, you know, the way you work after drag race is you tour and we weren't mm-hmm. able to tour for a year. And so it was really scary. Um, but, you know, I think we all like, we really like kind of hunkered down and like talk to each other and help each other through it. And, um, you know, certainly as we were getting ready for the reunion, like it was our idea, like the cast's idea to do the slumber party. So that was like something that we That's came fun. up with and things that like the girls agreed to. And like, we all just kind of leaned in on each other because though every season of Drag Race, you kind of find sisters because you've all been through kind of something similar. We had something very unique. And, mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, even season 13 and 14, they they knew they were filming during a pandemic. The pandemic right. had already happened. For us, it was like sprung upon us and we had to cancel literally all of our gigs, all of our plans, all of our tours, yeah. drag con, like all of those things. I still haven't done a drag con, right, two years later. Right. And so um, it was something that uh, really threw us for a loop. But I'm proud of, you know, the 12 of us and how we've been able to still make careers and, you know, yeah. still still do the still do the thing. You're still doing the thing. And uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting challenge for all the girls to be like – Stay out there, stay relevant, stay performing. And if you follow Jackie, you know, she's she's doing the damn thing. I, we all are. You know, we're doing our best. Um, and I'm 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 so proud of my my cast. And I, I will always love, 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 love. the. Twilight. Are you coming to DragCon this year? Oh, yeah, baby. OK, good. OK, good. Because I'm DragCon. Oh, wait, is DragCon happening? Uh, as of now, it is still it's still happening in May. Um, mm-hmm. It's happening in May, so this will be the first That's drag so con, exciting. and there'll be twenty new seasons that have yet to be at a drag con. <laughs> so it's going to be like, oh my god, it's, it's going to be truly, so many new queens. It's going to be wild. I can't Rachel, we'll wait. sneak you in the back. We'll bring you and the baby, and you guys will just it'll be. I kind of want to bring. I kind of want to bring her to um, uh, the the you know the it's like drag queen storytelling time. Oh there's yeah, a whole, I love a, doing that. There's yeah. a whole kids section of drag con. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see where she's vaccinated for Omicron. I get her. She already likes wearing makeup, so I could. That's I could, fun. Yeah, she likes. I have a little makeup vanity in the bedroom, and and she's she's obsessed. When she <laughs> sees me doing makeup, she likes to sit on there. And she goes makeup. And uh, she likes to pretend to do makeup, so I got her like a little toddler washable makeup kit, and it, it's a mess. She takes the lipstick and she puts it on her cheeks. Um, <laughs> but you know what? That, in a way, is very drag. And you Wait, read her the way Michelle would. I'm, I'm, and I go, oh, listen, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. I, I have an actual question though, because motherhood yeah. is something that I feel like, like you said, was something you felt inside of you, and now that you've yeah. experienced it, like, are we going to see? Uh, something new from your brain that kind of expresses how you feel about it? Oh. 
And I mean, I mean that artistically, I mean that vaguely. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, is there a new crazy ex-girlfriend where it's like, you know, crazy mom? But uh, like, what is what is Rachel as a mom in in uh, in performance? Oh, God, thank you for this question. Mm -hmm. No one's actually really asked me this yet. Um, Well, I have a new, uh, you know, I think I'm playing a little bit of catch up. So I have a lot. I have a live show I've been working on. Um when there's not an Omicron variant um, that, that I hope to eventually film as a special, which is about my experiences it kind of around 2020. So it's much more about giving birth, having a newborn during the pandemic. And then, you know, uh, one of my good friends uh, died of COVID a, a week after I gave birth to my daughter. So, so it's kind of about that. Um, and then I have, it's interesting. All of the projects I have are ideas that, kind of came up when I had a newborn. So there's no idea yet about motherhood per se. I mean, there's a, there's a song in the live show that's about what it feels like to have a newborn. I think, I think what's, so for me, I think that it's constantly changing. I think that's the thing is like, is, the first two years of a kid's life are so dynamic and they, they're like 15 different people. Right. And, and you come into, at least I feel like I've come into motherhood, having a, having a newborn and being terrified of them suffocating is, 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 I mean, you're always terrified of them suffocating, but like is, is different than having a toddler who's learning to talk Right. And take you can in the world with you. and communicate. And I mean, she's right now going through a huge sleep regression. And so she woke up at 2 a.m. last night screaming. And it's like, OK, how do you deal? How do you deal with that where it's someone who who can talk and is going mm. like, mama, mama, up there, up there, door, door. You know, that's a different mm. skill. So I think that I'm still almost like processing yeah. how how motherhood feels, what it means to be a mother and and how to and how to put that into my art, and I think that um, I had so many, so much, especially something like Crazy Ex Girlfriend. That that was, you know, twenty twenty six years of thinking about the stories I tell myself uh, and um, obsession with love. Right, that was such a like built up learned ex- like a culmination of all this learned experience, and with kind of like a treatise on a similar treatise on motherhood. I think it's going to take me a couple more years to really fully let it sink into my bones, especially because it's been in a pandemic. Right. There's a part of it that doesn't, it's not like it doesn't feel real. It feels very real, but I haven't brought her. She's never been in a grocery store. Wow. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't brought her. We've been to the zoo like once. And frankly, it was a little too crowded for my comfort. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a part that feels like that's, that's a part of my life which is separate from the other parts of my life which has been me for the past 34 years. So I'm I think as we come out of the pandemic and I learn how to and it and it really sinks in my bones like being a mother and mm-hmm. I and I like let it and it becomes more it seeps into my identity more. I'll have more of a point of view of what to say because you know when she was a newborn I was like, "Oh, is there a thing about is there a thing to do about having a newborn?" And then now they're definitely like, "Oh, is there a thing to write about having a toddler?" But 
as I said, the stages are so transient that by the time you make the thing, I think a lot of people, even who have kids, don't don't remember. It's a very specific relatability. Um, all of this stuff, you learn so many facts about having a kid that then aren't relevant. Right. Three mm-hmm. fucking months. Like how, you know, sleep training, what kind of passy, what do you put in the... What do you put in the crib? It's it's all of these like almost like tech technical specifics that I don't think are necessarily sustained. Well, you have to like delete them out of your th- brain, right? To get you to have the to delete, one. yeah. Or or you're making okay. I'm going to make a show that's a snapshot of having a newborn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also I think I'm I'm trying to figure out a little bit. What it what is what is something that I can say about motherhood that hasn't been said? Because mm. I I came into motherhood with and I felt this about pregnancy too. I'd heard so many bits and jokes, and I mean I've seen so many movies about pregnancy and having a newborn. I literally don't yet know what my hot take is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I can say that other people haven't said about it yet. Right. So I think that's part of my debate. Gag. Ooh, I mean, I, 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 I would obviously counter you and say that you have such a, a rich uh, musical expression and like, you know, yes. crazy girlfriend. Like, like you said, the, the part of what made that show great, it's not that the experiences were unique. Some of them were maybe hadn't been shown on TV, but I think a lot of it was just the way you told the way you told these stories. I think so. That was something that, Thank you. that only that only you have. Right. It's, it's something you're like, I'm I able mean, to tell. Make, Patty make a musical. Lepone said you're the only person who knows how to do musicals on TV. Yeah. It was I, and be- I believe me, I, that is in my um, emotional ego spank bank. <laughs> and I bring it out whenever I have a bad, whenever I have a bad day. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of I don't know. I I. I uh, well, I and think luckily, I there's time, work, right? Yeah. Like, right. there's a lot, there's a there's a lot of time. I do have a new song in in this live show about this. Isn't the one I read? Is about, it about ha- No, 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 no. God, this is another. That show. one's incredible too. Oh, thank you. Incredible. I have another live live show that may or may not be going up, but we'll see. But um, but but no, this is. I have a song that's like a lullaby in my new live show about how it feels to specifically have a newborn that that goes into. I think the general feeling of, of being a, a mother, specifically a new mother. So, so, and, and I also think because I'm not doing like, if I were still doing more like one-off uh, YouTube music videos, this actually, I actually might be thinking of it like, okay, how do I turn my current experience into something? But mm. because most stuff I'm focusing on right now is much more like long form, like TV series, yeah. a, a, a special, a play, mm-hmm. um, there's less like popping into where am I at in my life currently? But honestly, Jackie, you're getting me thinking. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Here to tell you about a very important organization called Al Otro Lado, which helps to reunify families which have been ripped apart due to our country's cruel border policies. As you know, since 2018, many people have been suffering through these policies, which have taken children away from their parents. And Al Otro Lado is working to reunify families. They've already reunified over 100 refugee families and they create legal and humanitarian support to refugees, deportees, and other migrants in the United States and Tijuana. We want you to get involved today. Help me support Al Otro Lado and donate today. You can find the link to donate to Al Otro Lado in the description of this episode below or go to gum.fm slash charity and donate today. 
You can also consider volunteering with the organization, which offers opportunities that are both in-person and virtual. The best way to get involved is by filling out an application on their website at alotrolado.org slash volunteer. That's A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O dot org slash volunteer. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Are you seeing some triggering ads on social media? Stuff about summer bodies, stuff about the diet cleanse, stuff about trimming down. Fuck that noise. That stuff is triggering for me, and I assume it's triggering for someone else listening. That's why I use BetterHelp. BetterHelp allows me to get in touch with a licensed professional therapist who can help me recharge, who can help me de decrap my brain because those negative images and slogans can really creep in and give me negative body talk. You know what I mean? Any form of negative self-talk that is traumatic for me. And um, thankfully, I'm using these tools and being honest about them and articulating them in a way that takes the power away from them. If you're thinking about therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. That's how I found my personal therapist. I found my sweet spot with BetterHelp. So go visit BetterHelp.com slash drag her today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash drag her. Go find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Gaggy. Okay. Sorry, we should. I we guess should, we'll talk I, about this episode. I guess we should. I, I literally. I think this might be a separate pod. But like, um, I love you both. So like, I love hearing this. But I guess I think our listeners will you kill can us. At least a two part. I, I think it's going to be a two part. But yeah, I think so. This is just too good. But should we yeah. talk about this app? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's these do girls, it. These girls deserve it. These, these, these girls, girls deserve it. it. Oh, we didn't even get to talk about Shay Diaz on it oh just like that. God. Oh, wait, that's a whole other podcast. But yes. Oh, my God. I was so I was so excited to bring Shay up Shay to both of you. Well, as the only non-binary oh. person being non-binary and talking about being non-binary, I feel represented. Um, I understand that non-binary people are offended by Shay Diaz as they should be, but I am offended as a comedian. Yes, you should be. Right, like, nothing nothing they've gotta... given Sarah has been funny. And, and, no. I, I, and I think maybe like someone that's like a very quirky comedian could have sold some of it. Like, you know those comedians just that anything they say is funny because they kind of talk funny or something like that. Yeah. But they're not writing her, uh, sorry, they're not writing them jokes. They're not writing Sarah any jokes. There's no jokes. Yeah. Where are the jokes? No, and, but not only that, the thing of like, uh, give me a, I'm, it was just like, give me an hour and I'll have a tight 10 about this moment. Like, yeah. if you knew a comedian who <laughs> fucking said that, you'd be like, you're a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Shut up. It, right. And, it's dark. And the thing is, I, I love uh, comedians that are not straight white men, and but I, I don't know if I love comedians that are not straight straight white men that sound like straight white men. That is, <laughs> I had a similar thing where they're like they're proving Miranda's queerness by giving us a very male amorous storyline for her. You know what I mean? I mean, Che Diaz, regardless of gender identity, is a douche, right? Yes, like, I think like that's like like known on the internet that Che is a, a not good person. And, uh, you know, mechanically, Che is great at fingering. Great. <laughs> I, I, 
feel really bad if that is the reason that Miranda is, is yes. staying, staying with them. Because Oh, well, that fingering scene was so unfair because, like, so Che's good at fingering. First of all, like, <laughs> fingerings? Fucking, I mean, I, I've never fingered someone. I've only been fingered. Well, I fingered myself. And fingering Because is like you have, hard. you have a knowledge of it. So uh-huh. every clit is different. Every clit is different. So, like, the idea in that scene where, like, Che's fingering her and... <laughs> And there's no feedback. Che's just really good at fingering. And then she's like, Steve, finger me. And he's like, uh. And then she doesn't give him any. She doesn't give him any feedback. Yeah, justice she doesn't for go like, Steve. No, no, no. Justice for Steve. Poor Steve. It's so fucking unfair. And this, and and I'm working on something about the, like this narrative that we have that in order for someone to please you, they just have to know mm-hmm. and there should be no direction or communication. And if they don't get it from the first moment, they're bad at sex and they're a fucking moron is such a damaging narrative about love and sex. Mm. And it, and it is, it is the patriarchy. Yeah. Very that. And I, I think the, the Che Diaz of it all is that one, they're a bad comedian Two, yeah. they're, um, they are a very pompous person, right? Yes. Uh, uh, and, and three, like, they have some kind of sexual prowess that, that, that they think makes them better than other people, uh-huh. which I guess is the same thing as being pompous. But they're pompous both about their comedy and their sexual prowess, which is like literal douche behavior. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very unlikable comedy concert. I don't get it. Oh. And why would she not tell Steve immediately? Talk to your partner. I Steve mean, that, cheated on that, you once. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, to back that part up, I do think if someone is having a queer <laughs> reckoning with themselves, it can be very difficult to share with someone. That that part, I mean, you and I have been gay people for a long time, but mm-hmm. maybe for those of us, you know, there there's a big phenomenon of late-in-life lesbians, women mm-hmm. who've repressed maybe same-sex attraction or non-binary sex attraction, and so I, I can see why that'd be hard to verbalize. Um, I'm, I'm anticipating that Miranda will get the guts to tell Steve. I just hope that Steve's like, fuck you. After yeah. the bullshit with the bridge, fuck you. Yes. I, yeah. I, I really yeah. hope yes. that Steve is honest and is just like, this is not fair. Yes. You need to fix yourself. And if you would like me to ever be in your life, we will have to have a different conversation, right? It's like not after the, not after Miranda made such a big deal with the bridge. And again, that was 15 years earlier in their relationship, but still come on. No, but fuck Steve. I think cheated on her once. Miranda is now carrying an ongoing an affair, affair with Steve. Yes. It is a physical and emotional and like, affair. Yes. And I read an article where they were saying, Oh, on set, there were uh, team Steve and team Miranda buttons. And having done a show where, there were there were like oh who are you who do you want Rebecca to end up with or whatever oh did you have That's did people not, have like team things on the show like team, we team did, Josh we, did, we didn't do that but there were but we were talking about it amongst like the cast and crew and sure. stuff but that's different like team Miranda implies that Steve is a selfish uh-huh. mean person mm-hmm. um, if anything it should be like team Che team Steve buttons but the point is like. It being framed on the show as like, well, either this is Miranda going after what she wants. No, she's she's cheating on someone. She's betraying someone and she's being an uncommunicative partner. And and literally 15 years ago when the genders were switched, it was fucked up. 
Right. Which, yeah, I, I, I do think it's fucked up. I do think also blaming Steve for his disability is really fucked up. Like, yes. Like, people are like, yes. oh, I can't believe he lost his hearing. It's like, people lose their hearing at any age. So I, I think that's fine as a storyline. But They're also turning it, him it, into a salt pillar of a man. Like, he is returning. He's so old. <laughs> They're making him so old. It's like he's returning to the earth. Like, he's not. He's like, he's like a sure. shadow of a man. But also, she keeps getting so mad at him. And it's like, it's not his fault he can't hear. Like, it's. Losing your hearing also doesn't mean you can't fuck anymore. Yes. Like sure. if I were if I were part of the deaf and hard of hearing community, I'd be like, are you saying we're all fucking bad at sex? Also, even if he could hear, she's not fucking telling him anything. It's not like he was fingering her and she's like, okay, wait, like a little, can you be a little wetter on my clit? And he was like, what? She didn't even fucking didn't say, say anything. anything. The only thing that'll anything. make this pay off is if they if if somehow this season of television they, if they reveal that and just like that is actually the fourth Matrix movie, and we've <laughs> we've been seeing a simulation of real life, that would be the only thing that would make sense. I think Charlotte's arc is making sense to me. I'm believing oh. everything. That, I believe everything <laughs> yes. she's going through. I believe. I hate it. I, I, I hate it or not, she's <laughs> reacting exactly how Charlotte would 15 years I later. I think to, I used to like Charlotte. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh. I don't, I don't dislike Charlotte. I just, I think, is she unfair sometimes to people? Yes. But I think I believe it. And it comes from a real place. I just, I just don't understand, like, a few, like, logistical things. Like, if Miranda knows her husband can't hear, why wouldn't she text him where she's standing in the meet? stand or what it's yeah. like simple things that I'm like some of this stuff like you're losing me because we're now like going beyond the realm of reality yeah. into some yeah I don't know but I'm still watching still watching I, oh, I'm, oh, I'm watching I'm watching Every I might rewatch fact, it um, it's, it's amazing my, my daughter's obsessed with there's this show on HBO that was literally filmed in 2000 called Goodnight Moon and Other Sleepy Time Tales <gasps> Which is just, it's like the one TV program she's ever seen. It's just a bunch of kids uh, and celebrities reading different story time Cute. books. And so we were on H, so she was like, Good Night Moon. I was like, okay, we can watch like, just like a little TV. And then I realized there was a new episode of Just Like That. And I was like, okay, we're going to watch a little bit of Anne Just Like That. And I made my toddler watch <laughs> some of Anne Just Like That. And I was like, Miranda's being very selfish. And she was like, Moon? And I was like, just a second. We have oh to see what happens in this. And she just, kept, she just kept going, Moon? Moon? I was like, hold on. Hold on. That is hilarious. Yeah. It's also, and Just Like That really, I don't think, works unless you have an emotional attachment to these women, which a lot of people do. Yeah. But it's it's one of those shows where it's like, oh, this really, like, if I had never seen Sex in the City and I started watching this show, I'd be like, what is this? These people are horrible. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I have to let y'all go. I feel cruel. I, 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 uh... Uh, listen, this is this delightful. has been Your perfect. Your editor has two hours to work through. I am through. so sorry, it was, and it'll be interesting. This I is going to be two episodes. I think for you sure. should you should split. It's yeah, definitely yeah. going to be bonus ep and a real ep. We love y'all for listening. Love you, Jackie. Love you, Rage. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's it for this week, fam. I hope you enjoyed the bonus app. If you like Drag Her, listen to Drag Her podcast wherever you get your fine pods and give us a five-star review we, and say some stuff. Don't just give us five stars. Write some stuff down. Come on. Write me a poem, bitch. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Ta-ta. was a HeadGum original.